Hey, Landon. Tony. You know what today is? What is today? It's Learn Lead Thursday, baby. How's everyone doing? We hope everyone's having a great day. Just another uh, amazing, beautiful time to learn and uh, just be ourselves. What, what are you up to today, Landon? I have my computer and my papers all laid out, sitting just sitting on a pile of papers right now. But I have the mic pulled out, and it's that's what's important right now. So how you been, man? I haven't talked to you in like a week. Yeah, I feel like we haven't spoken much. Uh, I'm doing well. I mean, doing doing great. Actually, yesterday was honestly one of my lowest energy days, and I was uh, really proud of myself that I was able to still get so much done in in one of those uh, really low. You know, we all have those days where it's just like we don't want to do shit. Today is actually. Um, I'm glad we're taking a little break from this, but today's a really uh, really long one. With uh, we're doing what's called a telethon today, where every office in the company. They compete against each other to see who logs the most phone calls and most appointments. And so my goal today is at least 200 phone calls. And so that requires a lot of fucking time. <laughs> Where do you find all these numbers at, Jesus? Uh, I mean, I have a lot of them in my in my database. They give you some leads. Um, yeah, just, I mean, basically just going through my entire phone call, uh, my entire list of contacts and just saying, hey, how's everything going? You know, just just shooting the shit with people. And if it makes sense to have a conversation about financial planning, we do so. But nice. other than that, it's just uh, do whatever I can to bring any bit of value for people. What was it yesterday that that made your energy level low? Like what was going on? Honestly, I don't know. I I uh, I got out of bed a decent hour. I mean, maybe I was out of bed like seven, which I mean, it's a little late for me, but it's okay. And then um, I started keto. So I guess in the beginning, maybe the energy fluctuates there, but I feel good. And I think after my workouts and after what I had to do for work, I just wanted to curl up in a ball and do nothing. And I did that for like 15 minutes and I was like, okay, now I got to go back to studying, making phone calls, working out and <laughs> doing all this shit. So you say studying, you're studying for your, for some security stuff? Yep. I'm studying for a uh, the SIE, the Series 6 and the 63. And it's funny because I'm in this group of all these uh, this stock traders and really nice people, really good stuff. And I'm studying all this stuff and I'm learning more in this group chat than I am studying the lady that is that is running the studying thing on like it's like an automated voice. It's it's brutal, man. It's it's fucking brutal. What do you mean brutal? Like it's just like people just going back no, and forth, like I, I have losing to money, you. making money. No, no, I'm talking about the the studying material. Oh, oh, oh gotcha. The, I gotcha. the 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 lady's voice that voices over, like she's good at what she does, but she is. I have to send you a video. It's actually it's like uh, fingernails running along the chalkboard type of it's scary. it's hard man i tell you what i i i finished through all that stuff a little while back and it's like impossible to really the topics i, I don't know how you could teach it and make it interesting and i and i feel like for someone to to master it and get to a point where they know it in and out it's it's got to be tough to sit in front of a camera and video record yourself talking about these topics without having anybody to like engage with in a conversation yeah, no, I could definitely, I could see that. That's also like, like people uh, that are running like webinars and stuff, they're getting really no visual feedback on Zoom. And that's, that, that's gotta be tough. Just like talking to yourself and not really being able to assess all the feedback that you're getting if you were to do it in, in real life. No, exactly, man. It's, I feel like right now everything's so, everyone's so eager to just get out and, and get out in the open. And I, I don't know about you, but I feel like, I mean, these Zoom calls are still going on all the time for me, but 
it's not like it was like a fad a month ago where everyone wanted to hop on zoom and drink on zoom and hang out on zoom. But like, I feel like it's slowly kind of dipping down where everyone's like, all right, screw this. I just want to go to a bar and hang out. I just want to go do something. You know what I mean? Oh, I know. And it's, especially in New York, it's not going to open up anytime soon. I'm actually going to go get tested for the antibodies uh, on Friday. I, I like Zoom in terms of work work stuff because it makes it, it's much more accessible to, to just work over Zoom and do client meetings over Zoom. But uh, for like friendship stuff, it, it's it's crushing me. You know what I'm saying? Like just not, I, I, I've been hanging out with some friends, you know, not not fully abiding by the social distancing rules, but because like you need that friendship in your life. It's, it's, it's very tough being disconnected to people. So my my brother lives out in Cleveland, and this is a good segue into into the interview. But my brother lives out in Cleveland, and they're opening up restaurants on the twenty first. Wow! Yeah, like so, fully fully opening up restaurants. Obviously, probably with some uh, some like yeah. regulations and stuff. But I don't know the details. Uh, I just know that outdoor bars and restaurants are supposed to open up. I don't know what the restrictions are, but I'm excited to get out there one of these weeks and. And, and get after it. He uh, he's actually the person who introduced me to our guest, who is a UFC fighter. He's six and zero. Guy's a complete stud. And I, I'll be honest with you, I was really really impressed with just his overall story. He had to tell. He talks about his entire journey, going to Vegas, fighting his first fight in the UFC prime time on the on the Conor McGregor ticket. He even tells us a little bit about what Dana White said to him before he went out into the ring. We go and ask about before the fight, after the fight, during the fight, and also just his life before and, and before he got into all this and his life after as well and where he sees it going. So, Tony, you got anything to add on that? Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, that was really cool. I didn't know what to expect going into that interview. And this kid's, he's our age and he's on, fighting on the largest scale in the world and I spent on the, on the McGregor card as well. And I thought it was really cool. He took us to a, a full deep dive play by play of his, of his, how his fight went. And, uh, He's an animal, so I'm really excited to see his career uh, develop. And he wants to; see, he he loves what we're doing as well. So it was cool being able to network with him. And uh, as Landon usually says, the best thing I could do is shut up and let you guys listen to it. So we love you guys. This is the Learn Lead Podcast with your hosts Tony V and Landon Archangelo, coming to you with exclusive access inside the lives of some of the world's most successful leaders. We got Alexa Kamor in the building, 6-0 UFC, big time fighter, baby. Alexa, how do you pronounce your last name? All right, so in America, a lot of people pronounce a camera. Uh, I am from Serbia, so the C is pronounced with a ch, so it's chamur. Chamur. Uh, yeah, so that's how we'll pronounce it in Serbia. Makes sense, man. And can you tell us about your journey? What's your What's your past been in mixed martial arts? You know, in the, in these combat sports, what's What's it all looking like for you? How'd you get here today? So the crazy thing about uh, everything, you know, me ending up in the position I am, uh, I haven't competed in combat sports before jumping into MMA. So as much as I would like to do wrestling uh, or would have liked to do wrestling in high school or, you know, train something other than, you know, what I'm training now uh, before I started, I I never really got a chance to. Uh, So I went into MMA uh, fresh with no knowledge, 
Uh, I'm just super thankful that I got to a gym like uh, Strong Style to get me, you know, to the point I am with with my skill set and whatnot. Because they have a great um, base of classes, a good a uh, good ladder system to get, you know, to that competitive uh, aspect when it comes to MMA. So you know, I gotta I gotta owe everything that I've learned and all my skill set to the to the people that taught me, and that's from Strong Style. So I never really had any background in MMA, never started in any combat sport before, uh, you know, training for the first time. And what and what age was that that you decided that it was a, a passion of yours? And how did you go about choosing the gym that you wanted to be a part of? So at the time, I was 16 years old. Uh, I think I was like my my junior year of high school. Me and my buddy, you know, UFC was on, you know, on the rise. Uh, they were coming out with the Ultimate Fighter uh, seasons. I don't know if you guys, you know, watch the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, but for those of you who don't know what the Ultimate Fighter is, you know, they throw a bunch of fighters in the same house. They make them fight for a six-figure contract in the UFC. So at, at the time, UFC was on the rise. You know, they were coming out with a lot of entertainment. Uh, and, you know, it's cool to be a fighter, I guess. So... Me and my buddy got the you know bright idea to just give it a go, uh, you know, not 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 in the competitive way, but we wanted to have that skill set uh, under our belt, just to have it. Uh, while my buddy didn't you know follow through with training, I ended up you know loving it, and uh, I was 16 years old. Um, when it comes to choosing the gym that I chose. Uh, Stipe Miocic at the time was uh, on the come up uh, in the UFC. So I believe when I joined the gym, Stipe had uh, one fight under his belt. And as I was getting into it, uh, I would just see them training. Um, And at the time, I didn't really have a competitive hunger for it. Uh, And I did talk to my buddies about it, saw what they thought about the competitive aspect uh, wasn't always the most positive thinking that they had. So I never really had like that competitive, you know, hunger towards it. But the more I saw these guys in the gym grinding, I saw like the brotherhood aspect that they had, uh, kind of made me want to stay into it a little more, kind of grind a little more, um, and just see how far I could actually get when it came to, uh, MMA. I never really thought like, again, that I would be in the competitive state that I am now. But uh, after a little bit more training, I kind of got pulled into the, uh, you know, the picture uh, with the, uh, with the fight team down there. And at the time, and I still to this, to this day, think it's the most prestigious thing to be part of strong style fight team. I think, you know, in Ohio, I think it's like a prestigious thing if you're part of this team. And I was lucky enough to be pulled in and uh, brought under, the wing of my coach, Marcus Marinelli, Alex Cooper, a lot of guys, and uh, Stipe, uh, a lot of heavyweights like John Hawk, a lot of people that, and maybe some people wouldn't know since they don't follow MMA locally, but these guys are, you know, uh, in my mind, you know, top tier, top tier people uh, when it came to the sport. So kind of went under their wing. I was 16 years old, coming on to like 17, 18, started training, and I just got into the, uh, the grind of it these guys they train every day so it kind of became a habit over time and i started you know uh my career i guess you could say so i can't remember if you mentioned this did you grow up in america 
So I was born in Serbia. I was born in Sarajevo. Uh, I was, you know, really young when we moved to the States. Uh, I was about one or two, so I don't, I don't remember much from it. Uh, but we were, we moved to Utah, which is a real weird state to move. Uh, I don't know why my parents picked it. It could have been because we had family up there, but we moved to Utah. We went to New York, and then we uh, Cleveland has a good um, Serbian population here, I guess you could say. And we had a lot of friends and family here. So, um, yeah, we ended up settling down here. And it was almost like meant to be that I found strong style because I lived 15 minutes away from it. Now, let's fast forward a little back to uh, what we were talking about. When, you, when you're when you in these gyms, you're a part of this team. What's the training the training regimen look like? So kind of give me a, uh, a sample of what your pre-fight training schedule would look like. All right. So it's pre-fight and uh, outside of camp, I guess you could say. So we have in-camp training. We got outside of camp training. Uh, it's kind of the same thing, except the intensity for in-camp training is uh, – just boost it up a lot and uh you're like the main the main person when it comes to uh attention i guess you could say so but everybody gets equal attention but so monday we come in we'll get our uh hard sparring a lot of people don't like really know this or maybe they just don't it doesn't make sense to them but when we uh when we go into a monday with hard sparring it's 100 percent uh we put our headgear on our shin guards on our gloves uh, and you know, I love my teammates. We all love each other over there. We're like brothers and sisters, uh, but we intend to like hurt each other basically. So in order to prepare for a fight, we got to simulate a fight. So Monday we come in, we go hundred percent hard rounds, either in the cage or out on the mat. We have our coaches watch, uh, and we're lucky enough to have a gym attached to our, uh, training center, uh, our MMA center. And uh, we get our conditioning done after that. So the sparring, uh, depending on who's training for a fight, uh, it'll last about an hour and a half. And then we'll go into our conditioning, since we do have a conditioning coach, uh, and we'll get that done. It'll last about another hour and a half. So it tends to be about three hours, give or take, uh, with all the stuff. But So a regular training day will be like three hours. Uh, so Monday, we'll go in hard sparring. Um, Tuesday we'll go in, we'll do some grappling. Grappling will be a little different. Uh, we go hundred percent, but you don't get that. Uh, you don't, you're not getting hit in the face. It's just wrestling with a little bit of jujitsu involved. So we'll go live with each other. It's always conditioning afterward. Got Wednesday as basically a break day between Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, cause Thursday we have uh hard sparring again, and this will be boxing and kickboxing. Uh, Monday is usually full MMA. So we have Wednesday as a break between Monday and Tuesday. And then we go into hard sparring again. That's 100% uh, with headgear and whatnot. And then Friday, we'll be drilling a little bit. So it's a, a rest, I guess you could say, since we're not hitting each other or grappling with each other. But nonetheless, we do have a workout. And then Saturday, we have light sparring, which we're just touching, moving around, trying new things, you know, experimenting a little bit. And then Sunday, we have a day off before, you know, the week gets started again. And those camps last for how long? Like how, how far out pre-fight is that? So my, just to give you guys an example, my last fight, uh, it all depends on how long before your fight, you know, that you're fighting. Sometimes it's short notice. Uh, you know, hopefully a month is short notice. Otherwise, you know, sometimes you get a 
two week call and they need a fight and you want to fight, you know, you got to jump in, you get two weeks, you know, but in a, you know, a situation where you have time to prepare in my situation, I had plenty of time to prepare. Uh, these camps could last up to like two months. Gotcha. So one to two months, you know, is ideal for a fighter to prep for a fight as a light heavyweight. What's the, uh, the cutting weight journey kind of look like? Is there a lot of dietary changes you got to do? So when I started, uh, I wasn't fully grown into my, my body. Uh, so I was kind of walking around my weight. So my, my coach didn't see any point of having me cut down to like 185 would have been my weight since I was 205 starting off as an amateur. But over the years, I, I, you know, I grew into my, uh, into my weight class a bit. I built my body up, uh, and now I'm walking around about 225 and then I'll cut down to 205. So, I mean, I know a lot, a lot, uh, a lot of guys that cut way more than that. Um, but you know, me, I don't have much of a problem cutting the weight, although it is, you know, it is taxing to the body nonetheless. Yeah. I was going to ask, how does that, how does that affect your energy levels? You know, uh, it's, it's the last like two to three weeks that it kind of uh, kind of affects you because at the beginning of camp you you just got to eat clean and it kind of brings your weight down naturally. Uh, towards the end, that's when you got kind of, um, I guess like deprive yourself of water, uh, you know your carbs, uh, sodium, everything that your body really needs. So it is kind of unhealthy the way you do it, and it does affect your body. Uh, hopefully, you know, usually in, in the best case scenario, um, your, your weight cut is, is very good and you don't need to like struggle, but some people, you know, uh, bodies work differently. So some people, you know, can't drop weight as well as other people. And it's, you know, it could be real bad. I've had fights where I went in feeling amazing and I've had fights where I came in feeling a little, little groggy or my, you know, my, uh, my body isn't reacting the same way as it would when I'm 100% healthy, you know, so it does take a toll on you. And I guess the mental aspect kind of kicks in at that point. So I want to talk about a little bit about style, like fighter style. Every, everybody brings something different to the table, obviously. What would you say your style is? Are you more on the jujitsu side? Are you, would you consider yourself a stand up boxer? Are you trying to take people down and grapple? Are you a submission guy? Like what's your, what's your style overall? Uh, so I'm mainly, uh, I like being on my feet. I think I've always thought it was exciting. Uh, I've always loved it. You know, I, I fell in love in, with the sport because, uh, I started by, bo- I started the boxing classes and I was doing the jujitsu classes, but I never really got pulled into it as much as I did with boxing or kickboxing. So I would say I was, I'm like, I'm a stand up guy. So every, all the fights you see me in, like, I, I got finishes or, you know, it'd be exciting if it gets past the first round. Um, but, you know, lately, you know, while I was progressing through the, my career, I've noticed, you know, I kind of favor my uh, my boxing or kickboxing. So uh, and you can't really go through your career like that. So I've been paying more attention to my jujitsu and I feel like I'm I'm good on the ground. Uh, I can handle myself on the ground. But, you know, there's always room for improvement and you know, while my boxing is good or my kickboxing is good, I, I still think like it could be much better than it is. Because, uh, you know, you, there's really no cap when it comes to uh, your skill set and MMA. Because, uh, you know, there's such a wide variety of things to learn. But uh, yeah, I would consider myself a stand up fighter, a kickboxer, mainly. I enjoy myself on the feet. 
Who was the last ticket you were on? And what, what was that fight like? Walk us through that fight and that whole experience. So my last fight was on the Conor McGregor versus uh, Donald Cerrone card. Uh, that was my UFC debut, um, which is crazy because for my first fight in the UFC, I wouldn't have imagined it to be under a, uh, you know, uh, Conor McGregor or yeah, Donald Cerrone in that fact. It's in, absolutely insane. So, I mean, so when, when you're coming out of a, a local, from a local standpoint, uh, while the local cards are, you know, managed well, uh, they they are missing a lot of things. It's kind of a mess when it comes to, you know, getting the fights ready or a lot of things can go wrong. For instance, like my last fight as an amateur or in my as a pro in the local region or circuit, uh, my my opponent came out with like no hand wraps on. Right. He just put his gloves over his hands. He didn't have like a coach to wrap his hands. Uh, so he came out and uh, this this happened as a as in the professional local circuit uh he came out and they stopped him because he had no uh no wraps on his hands so my boxing coach ended up going to him and wrapping his hands real quick while i had to wait like 15 minutes to walk out to the uh octagon uh and when we got out to the octagon we were across from each other um and at that point the doctor was actually tending to my teammate who suffered an eye injury from the uh fight before so there was no doctor by the octagon uh, at the moment. So the fight couldn't start. So we ended up standing uh, across from each other for 15, 15 minutes uh, when usually, you know, it's it's kind of like you get in three, like, boom, you know, you're ready yeah, to go. No, 15 minutes later, you're done. But 15 minutes of waiting while the dude you're about to fight is across from you, a pretty crazy thing. Uh, that was, for sure. Yeah, exactly. So... You know, but I think it helped me because I was able to like kind of feel the cage out a little bit, you know, get those nerves out and get used to it. And then I went in, you know, did what I had to do and finished the night. But the while was, yeah, exactly. If you don't mind, uh, can, do you mind me cutting you off just real quick? Yeah, you, go uh, for before it. Before you uh, dive into it more. What is that? What is that mindset like when you're walking out to the octagon? Like what, what are, what's racing through your mind? Because I know in baseball, like you kind of, when you hit a home run or something, you kind of black out. I don't know what that feeling is walking into a, an intense fight that you're about to go into. I mean, so a lot of people like I, there's a lot of feelings that, you know, that come up. Uh, I always explain it as like a man. Imagine like every single emotion that your body could process coming up at the same exact time. Uh, you, you don't really know how to react to it. But at the end of the day, it's like in a regular day in a regular day, your mind like goes through a lot of things. Uh, I think like at this very moment where you're in the cage, it's kind of like the most peaceful your mind could be, you know, the most at peace you could be at any given time. Cause there's really nothing, you're not really worried about anything else, but what's happening at that very exact moment. So like, while it is like nerve wracking, like it's kind of like peaceful if you really think about it. And it sounds crazy, but uh, if you put yourself in that situation, it's, you know, you can't really replicate it. And after you're done with the fight, uh, you know, you don't really like remember anything. You don't remember how you felt. Like, it's kind of like you go in, you, like you said, you kind of black out almost. And then it, by the, by the time you like try to process what just happened, it's all over, you know, and it's all said and done. So it's a little crazy. It's almost like you can't really explain how you feel. Can you talk to us about 
what the time was like before you stepped in the ring to the time after like that, all this chaos. And then it seems like you step into the, into the octagon and it just all quiets down and you just kind of go in autopilot mode where your training takes over. But talk about the experience. I mean, this is your first time you flew into Vegas. This is your first UFC fight. What was like the experience like on the outside of the ring? What was that all like? Did you get to meet McGregor and Cerrone or how, how was uh, the relation, the relations with all that? How do they handle everything? So like while it was chaotic in the pro uh, in the local circuit, uh, when I went to the UFC, everything was so like um, scheduled. I guess it was so like it was properly put together. Everything like you like my weight cut, I didn't have to worry about. It. They were you know cre- like making meals for me, sending me meals. I had breakfast, lunch, dinner. I was eating like the day before uh, the the day before the fight. Um, and I was in the room with all the fighters, uh, but McGregor was always on his own schedule. So, like, I, I expected that, you know, that he was. I when I show up and when I leave, that's when that's when McGregor shows up, you know. So everybody, all the fighters were in the same. Uh, like the red corner would be in one shuttle going to the fights, blue corner would be in the next shuttle, and then uh, McGregor would probably be with his uh, posse in another car going somewhere, you know, a different route or getting there late. Uh, so I, ne- I never got to meet him, you know, but uh, being around all the other fighters is, you know, pretty, pretty surreal. Uh, and they actually I was like next to my opponent, uh, you know, leading up to the fight. So like my opponent was sitting, you know, two two seats away from me while Dana White was talking to us and, uh, you know, getting us ready for the show. So like I had to deal with that. So, you know, it's a little nerve wracking. Uh, what was he I'm not going to lie. What was, what was Dana White saying to you? So he pumps you up a little bit. The guy can talk, you know, I got to give it a hats off to him. The man can talk. Like he, he inspired me a little bit. So like the night or the day uh, of the fight, you know, he'll pull, you got pull everybody in or the day before I believe. And, you know, he'll talk to you. He'll tell you, you know, you can make, you know, 50 K you, you show up in like, and knock someone out or you make 50 K if you put on a show, you know, and he just puts, he just like pumps everyone up, you know, and it definitely, it definitely pumped me up. He comes in, his goal is to, you know, get everybody ready and amped up and he does a great job with it, you know, leading up to it. You know, I had to deal with my opponent being next to me. Uh, probably the most nerve wracking thing wasn't the fight itself. Cause like, I feel like that's where I'm supposed to be, you know? So I'm walking out, uh, state i'm in t-mobile arena walking out it's not like a small venue um my like my song that i've been walking out to since i was an amateur fighter is playing over t-mobile arena speakers i'm walking into this cage lights are on me bruce buffers calling my name is insane you know uh i don't know i was just smiling i was happy to be there but the probably the most nerve-wracking thing was having to face off with my opponent uh in front of like a massive crowd like huge audience they call your name out. Joe Rogan calls him out. Joe Rogan calls me out. I face off with him, you know, shake hands. It's like, all right, you know, time to do work. I shake Dana's hand. I'm like, all right, let's get it done. So that was probably the most nerve wracking thing, you know, being in front of everybody, you know, lights on you, all the attentions on you, you know, but I'm getting, I'm getting jitters as we speak, bro. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, it's can crazy. You give us, crazy can you give us the play by play on that? Like, I want, I want to hear about your fight. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I come in, like I said, crazy thing. Bruce Buffer calls my name, does a great job of pronouncing it, which completely threw me off. Um, 
other guys in the other other corner and i kind of saw videos of him he would always smile uh you know try to have fun in the cage so i come out we start you know brawling a little bit he's a boxer so i expect him to be on his on uh, sharp on his feet so we stayed on our feet most of the time um there's a few things that i that i don't really throw in the cage when when i'm fighting i i like to stay like stay down to the basics and you know pick people off like piece by piece like one twos hooks but uh this time around i kind of wanted to mix it up i am in the ufc now so i wanted to put on a show uh so i kind of threw in my like spinning back kicks and whatnot a few brushed off on his like on his hand it was by his head he did a good job of defending it um and i've never gone past the second round in a fight so i'd either finish it in the first round or i finish it in the second round that's how my fights always went uh i go past the first round he was hitting me with some good shots we go past the second round i'm in deep waters now i'm in the third round i never know i don't know how my body's gonna react so i'm in the third round with this guy uh we're banging on our feet he starts talking a little bit of shit you know to me uh telling me What's you he know saying to you? hit work you know we're we're just trading punches back and forth i'm hitting him with a jab and then he's like he's like you keep hitting me i'm keep come on keep on hitting me i'm gonna hit you back and i'm just like i'm like all right dude like i start laughing a little bit because i think it's a little funny uh and i start hitting him i start hitting him he starts hitting me back he's like i told you it's gonna be like this all night i'm like all right so i'm laughing a little bit who's who's winning Uh, the fight i'm i'm winning a lot of people a lot of people were talking about like how my punches were kind of brushing off on his guard and whatnot but statistics say you know everything and i definitely was a more active fighter and i had no doubt in my mind that i was winning that whole fight um and i watch it back and i still think i you know dominated all three rounds so i go into decision and the decision scares me because the decision is called by like people that are trained to like watch and like uh from my knowledge watch and like score fights not people that have been in fights themselves you know so i can't trust these people to like give me a proper um you know a proper decision you know because i've seen people uh been robbed from uh from w's you know i've seen people get robbed from wins because you know judges score it because there's rules to it and whatnot but uh, so I was scared, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't want to lose by decision. I know I did a good job. Uh, I know I did enough. Uh, but you know, we ended up getting the decision. They called the unanimous de- decision on my part, but, um, the ref, I don't know what happened here, but, uh, they call my name and it's so loud inside the octagon, uh, and Bruce buffers right next to me, but his voice is over the speakers. So it's kind of distorted. And I know, I know I heard my name, but it, it almost seemed like the ref, like, didn't know who it was. And I had to, like, point at myself. I'm like, yo, that's me. That's my name. Like, you, like raise my hand because, like, I'm the winner of this, you know. So he picked up my hand. Uh, I had a, like, it was a brief little moment in it where he was, like, kind of confused. But you know, it was all right. So what did, what is, what, what's it like? You win the fight. They throw you on an interview. You got the camera in your face, mic in your face. I was at Buffalo Wild Wings watching the fight actually, so I remember watching it a little bit. And and what's that? What's it like after you win this fight? What's the, what's the rest of your night look like? Did you go out and party that night, or were you on a jet back home at two in the morning? Yeah. So we like the next morning was our flight. Uh, my coaches and my, I had I had um, my amazing friends came out. They flew out to Vegas to see it. 
Uh, my brother came out. So my girlfriend came out, her brother came out. So I had, you know, if I wouldn't expect people to come out that, that far away to, uh, to watch me fight, but I did have them with me. And, uh, I always think, you know, a good party after the fight is, is well-deserved, especially after like, a, it's not the fight itself, but it's, I'm, you know, the two month camp that, you know, you, you got to cut yourself off. You know what I'm saying? You can't drink, you can't eat like anything bad. You can't do anything. And we're in, we're in Vegas, you know? So we got a lot of, a lot of, a lot of stuff we could do. So I, you know, we drank some alcohol, had a little party. Uh, it wasn't anything crazy. You know, I enjoy just hanging out with the people that are close to me. I have a tight knit group. So we were just in the hotel room, had some wine, uh, you know, had some, you know, good food and it was just a good time. It was just family and friends and couldn't ask for more. That's awesome, man. I'm I'm sure you enjoyed it. So now let's go a little bit fast forward, right? So you, you had the fight, everything's great. So now you go home. What does the recovery journey look like in terms of uh the program that you're on? How quickly do you get back into the into the training swing of things and uh we, what 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 varies there? So we usually get there's no the that's the crazy thing about MMA is there's no off season, right? So uh, we're three, 365 days a year. We're nonstop training, uh, with exceptions. Obviously we're in this quarantine. So like right now we're, we got to take care of ourselves and we got to work out on our own time. Uh, but usually it's 365, uh, nonstop. Uh, so after a fight, you get one to two weeks, uh, off. But with that, with that being said, you're, you're so used to uh, a schedule. Like I'm so used to going on Monday to the gym or I'm so used to going on, you know, I'm, I'm set to the schedule. So it's weird for me to take a day off, uh, even if I need it. Uh, I also work at the gym that I train at. So I, I coach classes, I teach classes, I, I do private training sessions with people. So I'm already there. So I, I jumped in like the week after, uh, I always, you know, I always think like time off is healthy, especially with MMA, uh, just because you gain that hunger back for it. If even if you, you know, if you're if you're feeling a little down on it, you kind of take like a week off, you gain a hunger back for it. Um, but, you know, I, I'm always there and it's hard for me to take a full week off of training, but I kind of force myself to. And then next week I'm right back on it. And while you are you know, taking your week off, uh, you got to think about your teammates. And this is a sport where we're alone in the cage, but we do have a team outside of it. So when I was done with my fight, uh, I had a teammate getting ready for a fight. So I had to, you know, take a little time off and then I was right back into it to not help myself, but help my teammate, you know, get ready for their fight. Yeah. And you talk about teammates and I know you mentioned Stipe as your, one of the guys that you're that you're training with all the time. And for those of you guys listening that don't know Stipe, he's an absolute hammer. So can you talk a little bit about Stipe and his impact on you as a fighter and that relationship? Uh, so I, I grew up, I you know, training around him. Uh, I was actually one of the people to, um, like, fill in for sparring when I was real young. I was 18, 19 years old. I was sparring with Stipe only because I was close to his weight. And, like, at the time they didn't really have anyone uh, to to spar with him uh, a few days. So I was pulled into that. And that's kind of what bring me, brought me into that, into that competitive aspect. So 
I, I got, I think of him as like a really good friend. I, I think he thinks the same way for me. I'm almost like a little brother to him. Um, for instance, like during the fight, he was front row. Um, during the weigh-in, he was front row. So he was always there to support me for that. And uh, he's he's a great teammate inside and outside the gym. So he helps me out outside the gym. Uh, he helps me out even more inside the gym. And uh, while, you know, I, feel, I hope I give him good work, I, it's always, you know, a blessing to have someone like that in my camp where I can, you know, look up to uh, and train with because his skill set is, you know, he's one of the, he's the greatest of all time when it comes to uh, UFC heavyweights. The guy's a legend. So the fact that I have him in my corner is absolutely unbelievable. During this fight, how receptive are you to your coaches when you're fighting? I know because I I know when I'm watching MMA fights, all I hear is the coaches yelling out shit. But I don't know how well receptive the fighters are listening to them. So in, in the in the cage uh, in the gym, uh, they're they're talking exactly like they're talking uh, from what you hear on TV. So you got them yelling uh, in the cage uh, at the gym. So when you're, I all I hear is their voices. Like I'm conditioned to hear these voices over any anything else. There's a lot of noises in the gym. Uh, but the only voices that I'm hearing when I'm in the octagon are, are my coaches and, uh, and teammates, you know, they're specific voices that I'm conditioned to hearing. So when I was in there, it was loud, it was chaotic, but, um, the only people you can really hear are the people that you're like used to hearing, you know? So as crazy as it sounds like, and as hard as it is to believe, those are the people that, that you're, you're hearing most of the time inside the cage. The UFC is the only sport running right now, which is pretty insane because it's a uh, there's a lot of body contact going on. But uh, do you do they, have they assigned you a next fight? Do you know when that is and where it's going to be? Uh, right now, I don't believe they have. Um, we did have like a like a fighters meeting with Dana White and and a lot of other people that were for the UFC. And if you're ready to fight, uh, you're supposed to come to the matchmaker and tell them that you're ready to fight. Like right now, it's it's a hard thing because some people uh, aren't comfortable with traveling. Some people, you know, just want to be more safe than sorry, I guess you could say, just because of the coronavirus and whatnot. But um, if you're ready to fight, you you let them know. Uh, and I would, I am ready to fight whenever, but I feel very, I, w- I would feel much more comfortable with having a place to train and having a place to get ready for it. Like right now, I, I don't feel comfortable training out of my garage uh, to jump into something, you know, that big. And uh, I would definitely feel way more comfy with like my coaches uh, training me and helping me out and having everything at my dispo- uh, at my disposal. So like right now, I haven't been approached about a fight. We haven't approached anyone else. Hopefully this will all be done soon. And I can schedule that as soon as possible. If you had to pick one guy to bang his head off the mat, who is it? on the spot let's go uh, man i don't know to be honest with you i i was kind of i uh looked up to steve this whole time when he uh when he's gotten ready for fights and he's never called anyone out he never you know said bad talks anyone i and i respect every fighter in the ufc you know there are some fighters that i think are just complete assholes and you know probably deserve to get you know their ass beat but i i respect everyone because it takes a certain person to step into the cage. So I, you know, I can't right off the top of my head say, 
you know, anything. Plus, uh, you know, I just like, I like the thought of like somebody assigning a, a fight to me. You know, I don't really like calling my own fights, you know. Who's the who's the champ in uh, in your division? John Jones. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. Uh, so now, in terms of with the UFC, how does that work? So now I know you you had your first fight. How does it work in order for you to stay within the UFC? Because I'm assuming there's a way to to drop out if God, like if something happens. I don't know how that works. Yeah. So I was I came through the Contender Series. So the Contender Series is basically a tryout to get into the UFC. It's they put you up against another fighter, and if you perform, you can uh, you get a contract, a three fight contract with the UFC, and uh, you get to fight. You know, you get your dream job basically, which kind of brings out the excitement in the fight, I guess you could say. So they made this Tuesday night uh, contender series fights, and they put two guys. You know, uh, they put two guys in the cage with a contract in the middle, and you know, we'll see what happens. So I was, you know fortunate enough to get get a, a a tko in the contender series uh and you know they brought me in i got a three fight contract um like any other job if you do a bad job you're gonna lose your job so you have to perform so you do have that uh to worry about um so you gotta train you have to perform you have to deliver uh and if you deliver you get to stay in Alexa, I appreciate the answers, man. You're a class act. Really, really appreciate your time. And and so, how can our how can our guests follow your journey moving forward? What's what's the best way to keep track of where where Alexa's at? So, if you guys want to follow me on Instagram, that's probably the best place to follow everything going on. I post about you know my training. I post about fights coming up. I post all kinds of different stuff, funny stuff, serious stuff. Uh, but that's probably the best place to reach me is Instagram, Alexa underscore camera. And yeah, man, I would, you know, that's probably the only spot that I would say best bet to follow, uh, what I'm doing. Awesome. Mr. Chamor, thank you so much. It was a blessing to have you on. It was really awesome to see, uh, what's going on inside your world and we wish you the best of luck. Thanks. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. I like what you guys are doing here. So keep it up. Appreciate it. tuning in to the learn lead podcast where you get to own your life stay tuned for our future guests coming soon make sure to like and subscribe